0: I'm pushing the button, but it's not doing anything. Welcome to the Asian Sewist Collective podcast. The Asian Sewist Collective is a group of Asian people from around the world brought together by our shared appreciation for fiber and textile arts and our desire to see more Asian representation in the sewing community.
1: In this podcast, we explore the intersection of our identities and our shared sewing practice as we
0: create a space for Asian sewists and our allies. I'm your co-host Ada Chen, and I'm recording from Denver, Colorado. Denver is the traditional territory of the Ute, Cheyenne, and Arapaho peoples. I'm a Taiwanese-American marketer turned entrepreneur, and these days you'll find me running my own natural skincare brand. Most importantly for this podcast, you can find my sewing at i.hope.sew on Instagram. And I'm your co-host,
1: Nicole. I'm recording from outside of Chicago, Illinois, the original homelands of the Council of the Three Fires, the Ojibwe, the Potawatomi, and the Odawa people. I'm a Philippine-American
0: lawyer who loves to sew, and you can find me on Instagram at Nicole Angeline Sews. Okay, Nicole, it's been quite a bit of time since we actually recorded our last episode in season five. I know. What have you been sewing? What's on your sewing table? So today, literally today, I am (laughs) uh feeling
1: powerful with my staple gun. Ooh. Yeah. That was oh. not
0: where I expected this to go.
1: It's uh never is, Ada. It never is. <laughs> um a while back, and I can't remember if I talked about this on the podcast previously, I do remember swearing about ironing boards, freestanding mm-hmm. ironing boards. Um at some point later last year, like last year, my best friend and I were just out together doing errands, nothing special, but always, it's always special with your friends. But we, I think we went to Goodwill. And I found a homemade ironing board that sits at, like, it's a tabletop ironing board. So it's a solid piece of wood. I don't know what kind of wood it is. Please don't ask. I don't know. And then um, someone, you know, made it an ironing board shape, like an elongated trapezoid type, I think. I don't know geometry. Anyway. Um, and then with four dowels like installed underneath. And today I cut up an old towel and staple gunned it to the to the outside of uh, to the to the underside of uh, the ironing board. Oh. So I laid it, I laid the uh, towel fuzzy side down so the old print was on top and then I put the ironing board face down with the little peg legs up, and then I cut around it and stapled it. So it's sort of like a permanent padding. And my next step is going to be uh, making a cover. So uh, let me get your thoughts on this. The towel is a base. It's, it's 100% cotton. You know, it's just, it's going to be like the a nice fluffy base. I know I'd read a lot about people, you know, using cotton batting, would you put another layer of something on it before putting your cotton cover, which is I'm going to pick a cotton from somewhere. We could talk about that. But or would you just leave it with a towel? Because people just iron with
0: towel uh, even without an I, ironing yeah, belt, right? I mean, I used to iron with just a towel. <laughs> Sometimes in a hotel room, I'll do that too. Yeah. My question is how thick is the towel and did you take off the original batting?
1: It was – so the first – to answer to your first question is the, t- the towel is not that thick. Okay. Um, And the original batting, it was homemade, so it was just not keepable.
0: Okay. Yeah. I can, I can yeah. feel that. Yeah. I would, if it was a thinner towel, probably add another layer just in case because you don't want to accidentally scorch your cover and the towel and then have to – Replace that because you staple gunned it there and that's a whole deal. But that's mm-hmm. on that's me being like, I like a plush ironing surface.
1: <laughs> no, I mean that makes a lot of sense. I was I was thinking, is it another towel that I upcycle? Or I do have from, you know, you've heard me many times on this podcast say I bought something because I'm gonna do this and it just doesn't happen. Um, I was gonna make like I iron or iron oven mitts. So mm-hmm. I have that fill that's like reflective on one side and I could maybe use that with the quilting cotton on the cover to make it like another layer and it's heat reflective as well. Um, So I have that already and sounds like that's a, that's a good thing to, to give it another layer. That staple gun though. I don't, I don't think I've used a staple gun in many years and it was so loud that my mostly deaf, Fifteen-year-old dog was like, "Bye." Oh, <laughs> v. He's fine. He can't really hear it, but um, but he did leave the room. I was like, "Oh man!" But uh, yeah, so that's what I'm working on, and I think what I will use, which is somewhat related to what we're going to talk about later, is a uh, fabric that I purchased from japan i was not in japan um but there's such they make such cute stuff and i know you'll be talking about it so i will probably use some of my bichon fabric so nice. i can iron and look at adorable little dogs while i'm ironing and that's what i'm working on are you staple gunning anything in your current sewing
0: practice well we don't own a staple gun so that's i probably... had to buy one yeah oh good good call I have been making a lot of zero waste pants, which we will also talk about some of the fabrics I've been using for that. It's from the Brigida Helmerson Zero Waste Sewing Book. And I think if you've listened to this podcast, you know how much I love the Clyde pants. They're like a, a wider fit trouser with some big pockets. And I really just wanted some wearable trousers over the holidays, so banged out two of those, brought one pair on vacation. Came back, had bought a piece of fabric that we'll talk about and was like, these need to be these pants. These need to be pants. Like, first of all, is what I thought when I saw the fabric. But, um, yeah, that's what I've been doing. I've I've made three in probably the span of maybe two months. So, quickly becoming a TNT. Made my own adjustments on the crotch curve. Very happy with all of it so far. Have some other fabrics lined up to use for the pattern as well. So, yeah, I think I was not really consciously looking for more zero-waist pants, but it just so happened that I think it's been a few years of of making the Clyde pants as a TNT, like tried and true pattern, and I've busted through the crotch seams of two of them. And I've also Wild. given, yeah, I've given away some pairs to friends and my sister if they were 12s or, or I messed them up listeners, longtime listeners might remember my two front cr- uh, crotch curve pair that went to my other <laughs> friend that she has now busted as well. So we've talked about mending that one. But yeah, I like, I still love that pattern. Um I think they did a few updates. I just wanted something that I knew wouldn't wear as much uh, in terms of like similar fabric choice and like style and where I'm kind of going with my own personal style so yeah that's what I've been working on why do you think the crotch curve like wears out on the Clyde more I think it's because for me personally I didn't adjust the crotch curve at all front or back on the pattern um, as I've been making it and I I think there was actually enough there's enough ease in it for me to wear but over time um maybe like a my body's changed a little and b I think I just am a crotch curve buster like (laughs) that's where I got a lot of get most of the wear out of my jeans to be honest Mm -hmm. like pre-sewing that's where every single one of my pairs of jeans got busted first and I know a lot of people with like larger thighs who have that issue I don't have the issue of like thigh rubbing in most of my um Clyde pants or, or now as perhaps as much as I have in the past. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I've also been putting them to the test, like wearing them a lot to events, to work. And at work, I, cr- I climb on top of like stools, I'm reaching for things, I'm bending down, I'm doing a lot. Um, a lot of the time I am wearing leggings <laughs> if we're being really honest. But when I want to look cute and wear some linen, I'm wearing my Clyde pants. So it's totally expected. I have mended them, um, but I've even busted through some of the mending um, on some of the lighter linens. So yeah, it was time to investigate some other options. I do think I'll still continue to make that pattern. Just, you know, sometimes you need a break and then you go to something and you come back. Well, I uh, don't have
1: TNTs, <laughs> as we were talking, I think, when you made your last pair of ZW pants uh, just off um, on Instagram, off pod, of course. And um, maybe we should do an episode on TNTs, because uh, I desperately want TNTs. If you can see behind me, it, like just this shelf is all patterns, and I don't use any of them. And I'm like at that point where I'm like, okay, where can I responsibly get rid of them? I don't want to like put them up for offer online because I don't want to ship. Um, yeah. so, I mean, I'm looking at a few hundred or not a few hundred, maybe a hundred or so just like, you know, big four paper patterns that I'm like ready to get rid of. Cause I just, I just want to find my TNT anyway, listeners, let us know if you want us to do a TNT episode, um, <laughs> a tried and true episode, Ada can share hers and maybe when we get around to it, I will, uh, we can talk about my exploration for TNT pieces. Anyway, um, all that sounds good.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would love to do a TNT episode, which kind of lends us to talking about the next big thing on our agenda for today's episode, which is we're doing a bit of change around here for the podcast, and this felt like the best way to let you, our lovely listeners, know. So, you know, we've been around for just shy of three years. Uh, We'll celebrate three years in March. We've done five seasons in that time which puts us at 55 episodes and almost 50,000 downloads. And we have listeners in 40 countries. And there's some that, you know, our podcast analytics tell us is unknown. So I'm sure there's more than that. (laughs) People on cruise ships or something. (laughs) Yeah, you know, wherever you can get the internet.
1: Yeah, wow, when you lay all that out, we've done so much in the last less than three years, so pat ourselves on the back, you, me, and the rest of the wonderful collective, and as we got together after the end of season five. Aidan and I started to take a look at, you know, what wor- what is working for us now and what might we need to adjust. And given the way that our non-pod life's lives have been going, we think that the short the sprint season model where we give you 10 episodes weekly just no longer works in
0: the wider context of our current lives. Right. So for me, I'll give you a little explainer as much as I can, and I'm sure you'll figure out more. But um, I'm working on some big changes for my brand and for my company, expecting and hoping to grow this year and planting all those seeds. It's been a behind the scenes work that has been going on for the better part of almost a year. And it's so close to being ready to share with you all. I hate pulling that line that youtubers pull they're like I'm working on something secret and I can't show you but I'll tell you like I'm basically telling you that right now like I can't (laughs) tell you but I can tell you it's coming soon and I promise you will see it and I hope you love it and I hope that it means great things for what I can do both um, inside the sewing community and kind of getting more people into sewing and all that but also in terms of like my own work and growing that and hopefully like building a team at some point in the near future. So yeah, my personal, my personal life is also busy. You know, I hate to be that Colorado person, but it's also ski season. (laughs) And as all of the collective knows from the past three years, generally from January to March, my schedule goes work Monday to Friday. And then usually we're outdoors one or two days on the weekends. And we're very privileged to be able to do that. But um, it is something I like to prioritize in my life and something that's coming a little bit ahead of the pod in the immediate near future. But, you know, it's, I've been trying to figure out like what that healthy balance of what my therapist likes to call lifestyle medicine is in terms of like exercise and outdoor time and all the things that keep me fulfilled and happy outside of work and relationships and whatnot. And part of that is like, you know, prioritizing those things in my life. So those are the other things going on in my life. And it's just been a little bit hectic. You know, Nicole, it's like similar but different for you. It is. And I just want to back up and remind
1: listeners that I don't – if you've been with us since the beginning – Ada has been running her skincare brand since pretty much the beginning of the podcast and started really tiny, tiny operation. And that's when I met Ada and that's when we started the podcast. And so to see where you are now and to know where you're going is like really incredible for the past three years less than three years less than three years so you know i'm so proud of you and the growth and that you know that growth comes with change and it impacts you know what you i love lifestyle medicine wow love that (laughs) like you know what it impacts what you're able to prioritize and put energy to and you're getting to the stage in your business where um you know you you have to put more front end energy to continue to build. And so um, you told me, I, I just remember when you'd gotten your own space, it was, it it was a big deal. I was like, wow, this is amazing. And that happened on the podcast. And so much has happened um, with your business. And it's, it's so cool. I would like to, I don't know if I could ever run a business, but if I ever decided to, you would be a, a wonderful role model for something like that. Thanks. And yeah, you're welcome. I mean, it's just true. Not <laughs> like, you know, kind <laughs> of pump you up or anything. It just them specs, you know? Uh, <laughs> so for me, life is life in. And um, you all know that I am an attorney by day, I work in primarily the immigration law space. And as Ada and I were reflecting on like what's going on in our lives, what's going on in the next three months that could impact what we we're gonna do, like how what we can do with the podcast. And I realized that I just cannot predict that far in the future. The nature of the work that I do during the day is is responsive to crises often. Um, so I I do practice in a limited capacity what I what my my actual job is, is to create programs that bring in volunteer attorneys to support the immigration attorney staff. So yes, I have my own cases, but then I also have to figure out, okay, well, this crisis is happening. How can I meet the the need for legal services by bringing in and training and supervising volunteers? And said in the immigration <laughs> space, it's, it's, it's crisis responsive. And I've, you know, I've been in this space for what year is it? Twenty, It's 24. So maybe seven years now. And it's just, uh, there's no such thing as a boring day. And every, <laughs> <laughs> so it's hard for me to say, what am I going to, what's my schedule going to be like in March? And truly it's energy, right? You know, lifestyle medicine. It's like, well, I know that I might, I'm not planning any clinics, but um, I would like to save time to ski. I don't ski. I'm That's Ada as me as Ada. But like you know, I don't know what my energy levels like. Maybe I'm just going to want to sit and read. Maybe I'm going to want to, you know, cook. Maybe I'm going to want to do a getaway. I I don't know um what that would look like. And more often than not it's resting, just resting. And um it's tough to plan for the pod if I can't see or have a reasonable um idea of what my schedule is going to look like. And you know that's just Ada and I. you all know that there are other folks on the podcast who work behind the scenes whose voices you don't hear audibly but come through in the work that we do, and you know all of them are crucial to each episode, and you know lots of things in their lives have changed as well,
0: yeah, and if I think about where we were in the beginning, reflecting back to you as well, you were in a very different spot work wise, and we went through a transition me like kind of witnessing it from afar and I think you've done such a good job of advocating for yourself and what you need professionally and with the pod and so I hold you as a role model for kind of doing that own self-advocacy and also understanding the impact that your day-to-day like day job has I'm like wow we should we should definitely commend Nicole for um what she does outside of the pod and so I'm just proud to be your friend Um, Mm -hmm. And, yeah, like you handle crises way more gracefully (laughs) (laughs) than myself or many of the people I've ever worked with in the past. have. And so uh, much respect for those skills and also for the folks who have put together the pod over the last three years. We've had almost 20 people kind of join the team at different varying times, take breaks from the team, um, depending on where they are personally, professionally, sewing wise, all that. And we would not be here without all of those folks, but again, we kind of took a survey of where everyone was at, and instead of putting ourselves through you know, more stress to recruit new folks onward them and run myself and Nicole into the ground, we've decided to kind of shift to a new model. We don't know, full disclosure, if this is a permanent shift or not, or if this is something we're just going to test for this year, but basically... Our new format is going to be that we're going to release one episode a month ish. Don't hold us to every four weeks. You will see it on your Instagram and hopefully in your podcast feed since you're subscribed when we have a new episode, but that's our goal. One episode a month. Uh, We do have a few of them planned out and ready to go, so you will be getting new content. Don't worry. And anything else that we can release on our feed will just be a nice extra surprise. We've already done that a few weeks ago with Nicole's brand new to her vintage vintage brunette machine Mm -hmm. and if you want to check that out that is on our instagram we did a live igtv do they still call it an igtv i don't know who knows all reels i think right so um the best way to keep up with the latest updates is definitely our instagram and by subscribing to the pod we will obviously be active on instagram it's going to be mostly me and nicole and some of the team chiming in when they are free and if you have more content that you would like us to share or repost that you think fits with you know the ethos of the podcast, which is to elevate and amplify Asian voices within the sewing community. Definitely, send those to us. Um if I will just disclaim again, we we just said we both have two very full-time jobs. <laughs> so if it's a story and we don't see it within twenty four hours, we apologize. But if it is a post or if it's just a note, that we can reshare, um, definitely do that. We will most likely come back to you and ask if you haven't already explicitly told us that we have permission to reshare, if we can have permission to reshare. But yeah, that's what you can expect from us both in this podcast feed and on Instagram. So th- Thank you. Thank
1: you everyone for coming on this journey with us and sticking on this journey with us. We are so grateful for your listenership and your community. And we still have our coffee page and we are still selling our labels and you know we do need to raise funds for things like editing and transcription software and to keep our website up to date. So you can check us out, coffee ko-fi.com slash Asian Soulist Collective and um, you can become a member or you can do one-off donations or pay what you want for our labels so thank you again for your understanding your patience and your continued support do you love this podcast do you like personalizing your sewing projects with sewing labels do you know someone who loves personalizing their projects with these labels or do you know someone who just loves sewing if the answer is yes to any of those questions please check out the asian sewist collectives sewing label collection New for the season is a sustainability set. Our very own producer and artist, Mariko Abe, designed these just for you with sayings like lovingly rescued fibers and I'm thrifty and I know it. These labels would be a perfect gift for your sewing friends and family and, of course, for you. We also have our original collection of labels up on our coffee page. To purchase, please go to ko-fi.com slash Asian Sewist Collective. Your purchase goes towards helping this all-volunteer podcast keep going by helping with things like editing, transcripts, and publishing. Your support is greatly appreciated. All right. Well, one of the things I should have started out with was saying, um, Happy New Year to everyone. It is 2024 uh and ada and i were fortunate to go on a little holiday for the both of us um not together sorry i should make that clear (laughs) although i would love that dream right that's the dream um you know we we both recently went on vacation and we'll we'll tell you all about it because we're here to talk about what we saw what we bought and I thought, you know, you'd like to see. So this video will be on YouTube um, for you to look at. But of course, we'll do our best to be descriptive. And, uh, you know,
0: Ada, uh, let's let's start with you. Where did you go? I thought you were going to start that intro with like Happy New Year. Also, it's about to be the Lunar New Year. So Happy New Year for everyone else who's celebrating. I know you don't, but it's me. <laughs>
1: i was almost i was gonna say happy like gregorian new year and i was like wow what a nerdy way to introduce the podcast i was like maybe i'll just go back you can hear the hesitation in my voice i was like oh it's almost here anyway (laughs) happy. where did (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) go ahead where did i go i was really lucky to go to japan and taiwan first trip back to anywhere in asia since the pandemic um So we started out in, we flew into Tokyo from the East Coast. So first we went back to visit some family. We went to Tokyo for a day, flew up to Sapporo, which is um, on the island of Hokkaido in Japan. So very far north, very snowy and cold. We did the city of Sapporo for a few days, which was really nice. Didn't get to do any fabric shopping there. Then we went in the opposite direction. We went all the way south to Taiwan. My friend from college, who is also Taiwanese, um, she decided to do her wedding and her wedding banquet in Taiwan. And that was actually really nice because her now husband's family is all on that side of the Pacific. So they were able to come. And a whole bunch of people from college who I haven't seen (laughs) in a really long time were there. And he also went to the same college as us. And I forgot that we had overlapping friends. So talk about a reunion all the way across um, the world. That was really nice. We were actually only in Taiwan for... We were in Taipei for two nights, so about 30, 36 hours. And did not... Really, really wanted to try to get to shopping. Um Raquel, who is I think Raquel in Asia on Instagram, Mm -hmm. um, is actually retired there and we've chatted a bit um about where to go fabric shopping and I was so annoyed I didn't have time to reach out to her and I didn't have time to go fabric shopping. I was literally just there for my friend's wedding and hopefully we'll have more time on the next trip to hang out, visit more people. But uh flew back to Sapporo, went skiing, which If you have ever done a sport in your country and then go see it done in a different country, highly recommend because the etiquette is usually the same, but a little different. So Definitely interesting there. And then we ended our trip with one last night and half day in Tokyo, which is when I got to squeeze in some sewing because we had a little more time in Tokyo. We had a few more hours than we thought we actually did. So I was able to convince my lovely partner to <laughs> accompany me. Wow, that sounds like a lot of um,
1: like movement within within a small area. So, how long were you overseas?
0: I was overseas for about a week and a half. So, Whoa. but my whole trip was actually about two weeks because we went back to the East Coast first, and then we went straight there. So, I think I spent four or five days on the East Coast. Uh, one day bookending each. Part of the trip in Tokyo, uh, three or four days in Sapporo, three or four days up in Niseko, which is where you where we went skiing, and two, three, two days ish in Taiwan. So yeah, about a week and a half. That sounds like a very fast week and a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a lot of back and forth, and you know we had planned some of the luggage. We did have to buy a duffel bag to bring some stuff home because I didn't plan on buying that much stuff and then I got a little too excited. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, well you're over there, right? You might you might as well. I was trying to be good. <laughs> I was trying to be good. <laughs> fair, fair. So just to back up, Raquel, is she in she's in Taiwan? Yeah, she's in Taiwan. I believe she lives either in Taipei or near Taipei because okay. the places we've discussed are in the city okay okay next time I've only been in
1: Taipei airport and it was really nice (laughs) it's it's gotten a lot nicer (laughs) okay I was like wow this might actually be the nicest airport I've ever been to while we were laying over on the way to the Philippines in 2018 it was good stuff but yeah so you got to go out for just for a little bit for fabric or for for sewing stuff so what did
0: you end up seeing so Listeners probably have heard this on other podcasts or blog posts. Um, There is a neighborhood. uh, I don't know if it's technically in Tokyo or just outside of, but it's called Nippori Fabric Town, N-I-P-P-O-R-I. And it's just this street full of fabric and notions, haberdashery shops. It's kind of like a sewing paradise because you get off of the subway, the metro. And you see arrows immediately. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like the exits point you. They're like, Newport Fabric Town this way. You walk over like two blocks and it's just the street. And I think um, quite a few folks have actually gone and shown it off on Instagram and YouTube. So I'm definitely not the first nor will I be the last to go there. I had about an hour and a half to get in and get out before we had to kind of head back to our hotel to pick up our stuff and go to the airport. Mm-hmm. So we were on a time crunch and I explicitly told my partner, like, we're on a time crunch. I'm you are my timekeeper because you're not really looking at the fabrics here. So you're <laughs> you're on that. And I didn't realize that I was gonna have that time until the night before. So I did some quick research and decided that the best use of my time in that limited time would be to hit up one of the biggest shops there, which is Tomato. And tomato Hmm. is, I don't know if they're technically a chain, but they have multiple locations within Nipori Fabric Town. Hmm. And so they have like, I think, four or five stores along that street on different blocks. And they are on both sides of the street. It's really, you can't miss it because the big awning says tomato. And then there's a drawing of a tomato. Hmm. I decided to go to the main building because it was the biggest one and it felt like where I could see the most stuff that would be unique and this kind of applies to all of the souvenirs and my kind of general shopping while traveling philosophy I I am not that person who wants to buy something that I could buy at home unless I'm replacing something where I need it it's it's stuff I can't get anywhere else or would be more difficult now with the internet and you know shipping nowadays it's that's definitely changed what it what I bring back right because in the olden days, right, before BB creams were a thing here, I would have to buy a BB cream in Asia and then haul it back in my suitcase. <laughs> now I could buy that online. <laughs> like Yeah. So it, it's definitely shifted what I can buy and what I want to buy there. So I was prioritizing fabrics that I couldn't necessarily source here or wouldn't get as much of a selection of here. So the tomato main store has five floors, I believe, and Whoa. you're supposed to actually so it's a little different from some of the fabric stores here where you would like shop it all and then tally it up at the end. You shop by floor and check out on each floor, which is really fun because each floor has a different theme. Oh. They have really helpful guides next to the very tiny elevator and the stairs. And we were there. It was a Friday kind of mid-morning <laughs> and mm-hmm. it was busy <laughs> really yeah not just with tourists definitely there were a few tourists and there were lots of people just shopping so they could make their own things for their own homes it, it seemed like some were local some were definitely fashion students because the fashion there are some fashion schools nearby um as well I think I think places that you can take sewing and fashion classes so it's mm-hmm. a great place to get your supplies so at first when we stepped in I was like looking at the markdowns on the first floor because they have some um, not like seconds. Basically, they have like a seconds section on the first floor. They also have like a discount section and then they have remnants and they have pre-cuts and they have a whole bunch of stuff. Then I realized that there were four more floors. And since I had to check out on every floor, I should really (laughs) walk from the top down. (laughs) Yes, that's what I would have done. Right. And actually, we took the elevator all the way to the top floor and worked our way down. I think I I didn't purchase on every floor because not every floor had things I really wanted to bring back. And I had, at that point, calculated how much luggage space I had. (laughs) (laughs) So I had about a full backpack that I could bring back. So we went top-down, knowing uh, what kind of Sanrio characters that you were into and what kind of characters (laughs) I'm into and all that stuff. So first... We went to the characters floor, and there's I like picked- the whole floor is characters. Not the whole floor, but oh, it's but still like amazing. A, yeah, like a half of the floor is characters. Wow. Yeah, you get a lot of Sanrio, you get the Pokemon, um, Gundam, you get a lot of Disney, <laughs> sure. and it was it was all sorts of like really cute stuff. A lot of it being like canvas cotton quilting um pre-quilted uh, as well and then you had like other cool patterns that weren't necessarily like branded characters but like cute cats and dogs and like illustrations of things so I spent a lot of time on that floor and I ended up picking up a Sanrio print for you and Thank a Sanrio you. print for me <laughs> and a few I think two other prints that I thought that were really cool that were very Japan (laughs) for lack of a better Mm -hmm. word one of them was definitely like the mountain motif but kind of done geometrically and I thought it would be a nice textured cotton um, it's a single gauze uh, textured cotton single gauze probably like t-shirt or not t-shirt but like you know
1: woven shirt
0: yeah box top for the summer so that was really nice and then the other one and it was like, ooh, geometric pants, pants for the summer, since I'd been on that zero-waste kick. Uh-huh. And that was lovely. And the one that I actually already made into zero-waste pants was this floral corduroy that I found. It was actually a really light corduroy. And it was, I think, a high whale count, like a 21 whale maybe. It was double What does that do mean? So whales are the number in a corduroy, like the number of uh, little columns that you have. Mm-hmm. And I believe per... when you, per inch. Yeah, I believe when you okay. refer to the number, it's like per inch. So it was okay. like really lightweight and really small whales. And I just loved the idea of having a floral corduroy because that's something you don't see as much. Nope, right? And corduroy is like a fabric I could probably wear here if not half of the year, a good like quarter of the year, right? Winter yeah. and you can layer it if it's light. So I've been wearing it on colder days with my um, Merino base layers that I wear for skiing yeah. <laughs> and it, I've gotten a lot of compliments on it. So yeah, really love the quarter. Right? And that was the characters and prints floor. Uh, I can also tell you what I didn't buy on that floor is that i don't
1: know if that's interesting to people (laughs) well yeah it's interesting it's interesting to me because i just kind of want to know what's there whether you bought it or not
0: (laughs) so i one of the first fabrics i gravitated towards on the floor but then didn't end up getting was this cute strawberry print where it was a solid you had the option between white or light pink background and then these like illustrated strawberries and I just thought they were really cute but the fabric the substrate itself right Mm -hmm. was a thicker heavier weight twill cotton I'm pretty sure it's 100% cotton and I just couldn't see myself making it into anything I was actually going to use or wear it just felt like if I got it it would end up being an accessory and it wouldn't be something I was like excited about So I held on to it and made my rounds and then found a few of the other things that I ended buying and was like, okay, I'm going to put this back. But um, I was holding on to that and I think the mountain print and they're both bolts and the lovely gentleman helping on that floor came over and was like, here's a cart. And so they give you a big, it's kind of a tall, maybe three foot tall, um, almost like a laundry basket cart on four wheels that you can roll around and put your bolts in. Oh, yeah. And so uh, they ask you to use that to take it around, and then you take it up to the cutting table, which is next to the checkout. And when I was getting my fabrics cut on that floor, there was another woman being helped who had brought her pattern pieces actually and was laying them out to see how much yardage or meterage, I guess, <laughs> was needed. Interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. I like that because, I mean, I will often go by the envelope or the the printed pattern, you know, and I'll just say, this is what I need. But if you bring it with you, and I would assume that people are cool with that, you can do your placement of the pieces and figure out, like, do I really need two and a half or can I get away with two and a quarter or that type of thing? That's cool.
0: Yeah. So that was really fun. And we headed downstairs. I think we went through a fancy fabrics section, which I was like, I don't have any... Really fancy events coming up that I know of in the next year, so I'm good. I also have plenty of fancy dresses that I've made at this point that you all have heard about, mm-hmm. and I would love to rewear. And I did actually rewear one of my dresses to my friend's wedding, which was nice. And then I think we got to a knits section where I would have loved, I would have loved some merino, like 100% merino, but there was it was all acrylic blends and. Oh. Kind of scratchy things and some cotton and terry that I wasn't really feeling. And then the cheap poly stuff. And so I was like, okay, we can we can move on. I have a lot of this at home where I don't need it. And yeah. we kept going. There were some colorful faux fur that was worth a mention. Mob wife aesthetic. Mob wife aesthetic. But like neon mob wife, mob wife Barbie, oh. mob wife goes to a rave. In, yeah, in, I mean, a mob wife wouldn't do that, but
1: maybe be <laughs> at the rave at the top in the balcony with their own table.
0: Right. Supervising. And, yeah, so eventually we made it back to the first floor. And there had been some character um, prints that I had seen in the discount section that I went back to. And some of them, I think, were – there was a Bichon one. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And then there was actually one that was really funny. It was illustrations of different bowls of food, Japanese food, labeled with the hiragana and katakana spellings of the food. So that's like the uh, alphabet kind of yeah. letters versus the kanji like characters um, that are more similar to Chinese. And I can read a little bit. So I was reading some of that. And it was like shrimp, like tempura and then like ramen (laughs) it was really funny and i was like man that's really cute i just again have no use for this and i was like yeah if i could come up with a use or i knew somebody that i could make like this i would be all over this and i decided to put it back and then i hopefully found some more american tourists who want this one woman was asking her husband can you read this And Mm -hmm. looking at the fabric, being like, it's all food. I think I should get this. It's cute. And their adult daughter was like, looking at them, like, do you really need this fabric? And I wanted to be Mm -hmm. like, she does, though. On behalf of the person right now who is exercising a lot of self-restraint, she does. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So that was that floor. And then in the back of that floor, they had some really nice double gauzes. Um, that were 100% cotton. Some were made in Japan, some were made in China. And then they had linen and then linen hemp blends and linen cotton blends. It was like a woven paradise, which you know from knowing me and my sewing is my jam. Yes. So that's probably where I spent the majority of the rest of my time. (laughs) Yeah. And I was able to find, I ended up getting smaller cuts of these because they were a bit pricier, like think sure. the other fabrics i had gotten ranged between like 600 to 1600 yen per meter which with the exchange rate right now is anywhere from a little over five dollars to like ten dollars ish plus per meter mm-hmm. the fancy nice wovens in the back started i think around like the 2,500 to 3,000, maybe 4,000 yen per meter. So like up there, right? Like you're nice. They're the nice quality wovens that we all love to look at and touch. So yeah. those I got uh, a couple colors and uh, the brand, I guess, of one of them was Aradaki Some. So A-R-A-D-A-K-I space S-O-M-E. hmm I hope I am pronouncing it correctly because all of the tags were in Japanese and then I was like plugging it into Google Translate. But basically from what I can tell, um, it's a special like dyed linen from Toyama and basically like it's a very like it's a very craftsman quote unquote, uh, fancy fabric. So it's like dyed in a special slow process, um, in a smaller batch than like what you would normally see, which I think explains some of the price, but the textile mm-hmm. is like kneaded and worked almost like bread. <laughs> and it's got this the dye. Really, yeah, I think in the dye vat and it's like got this really soft texture. Like even before I washed, pre-washed them, mm-hmm. they just felt really silky, almost buttery smooth for a linen mm-hmm. and it had like a really nice you know how some linens even when you wash them they got that like crispy like wrinkle yeah yeah this was not a crispy wrinkle this was like a soft like nice natural kind of wrinkle and so the, also each batch is like done on its own so no batch is the same so I've got some nice greens and pinks to work with, (laughs) um, which I'm sure listeners will see on my feed at some point very soon because as soon as I got home, they went right in for pre-washing and right onto my rack for drying. And yeah, that was basically about it. I, once I checked out on that floor, I, Had to stuff it all in my backpack, make sure it actually fit so it would fit on the way home. They actually have a packing table on the side, which is really funny because I started packing on the floor because I have no shame. Hashtag Americans abroad. (laughs) Do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. But then I saw they had a packing table and there were a few people over there like repacking their bags and and fitting everything in. So yeah, in, in total, I think I spent just shy of like $120 on fabric which is actually really impressive considering the amount that I got but the exchange rate right now is in our favor and once we were done with that I had a fairly heavy backpack to walk back uh to our hotel with so yeah it sounds like you made the most of your hour and a
1: half Um, I did and then
0: we passed quite a few you know notions haberdashery shops and I had to really resist the urge to go inside Oh, I also Ooh, yeah. When we left that shop, I realized that the tomato is known for having a discount store. Oh. Like one of their locations is a discount store where they have like a hundred yen wall. Oh, right. So a hundred yen per meter, which right now is under a dollar, which is wild. Um, and I ended up seeing that, like realizing it was really close. So we just popped in to take like, a look. I totally understand the appeal. I love a good bargain, value shopper, but I saw a lot of those fabrics and I was like, oh, poly chiffon. Yeah. I don't need poly chiffon in my life or, oh, it's like a poly knit. Yeah. Like, not, yeah. not what I need in my life right now. And so there were tons of people in there as well shopping. I did see quite a few more of like the, the folks who look like fashion students in there as well. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely looking for materials for projects, but yeah, that was also quite a large selection and large variety on the wall. So if you are going to Japan and you're going to be in Tokyo and you have time to go to Nipori Fabric Town, you definitely need at least an hour and a half for one store. Mm -hmm. Choose wisely, but also there's a lot to see and touch and oh my gosh, I would definitely highly recommend
1: I would probably plan for ha- like half a day in that area. <laughs> I was going to say a day. <laughs> <laughs> or a full day, fine. Full day. You don't have to tell me twice. I have the ones that you got me here, and um, so if folks want to see. So, for those who who don't know, like, what is what is Sanrio? We didn't say what? the ma- the the most po- <laughs> like the most popular character in Sanrio, but like, what is Sanrio?
0: Okay. Sanrio is a company, a Japanese company, with a lot of branded characters. If you've ever heard of Hello Kitty, that's probably Sanrio's biggest, most famous character. Yep. She is a fictional British kitty <laughs> girl who mm-hmm. has now been around for, was it 30 years, 50 years? There was some anniversary celebration going it's on. Gotta
1: recently. be longer than 30 because I'm older than
0: that <laughs> and I remember her
1: <laughs> get around for much longer.
0: And I remember growing up that. It was really hard to get anything Sanrio branded here. Like, it was also yeah. always expensive. So, like, mm-hmm. everything that I had that was Hello Kitty, like a Hello Kitty binder, I can very clearly picture it right now. I uh, used that thing to death in high school and brought it to college. No shame. I had a Kirope, which is this little, like, frog character uh, compact mirror with a brush. Everything yeah. I had from Sanrio I was like I treasured, which I think yeah, is similar, right?
1: Yeah, same. We um growing up, my sister and I were like obsessed and we were you're, we're children of the early 90s, so you know, we were we loved all that stuff and you could only find it at like one store called Zany Brainy, which was like there was one kiosk at Zany I Brainy. I remember Zany Brainy. And they just—that's it. That's it. There's just one kiosk that had uh, Sanrio, and like, they they have the prices on each item, and it was too. It was too, like it was a lot for what it was, and like we would only be allowed to get like one small thing. Um, but but Pachaco is the character that's like my character. Uh, my sister's was Karopi. So yes, Hello Kitty very popular i'm a hello kitty stan you are okay yeah no me too love love her and i have more Sanrio now as an adult because i have income um (laughs) and i have good friends that think of me when they're in japan so you got me this uh cotton pachaco it's so cute this is really for the viewers because uh, you saw this yourself but it's so cute and if you ask me what i'm gonna make with it i have no idea no idea but i'm like i'm thinking like um i, I kind of want to make a, a like a zip zippered pouch set yeah travel set i think that would be really cute <sighs> that would yeah. be adorable and then i have this like a bichon looking fabric from you as well because of my yeah dancing.
0: it's like the tan bichon fabric this yeah. one i actually like there was the bichon fabric similar to the ones that we've both ordered online, but then I saw this one and it was a little different. I was like, "This yeah. one might even look more like the."
1: Yeah, I don't. I mean, like, I don't. I've not seen this one before, so thank you for thinking of me.
0: Um, something that you
1: you had said when you were describing it. So when I was in Valencia last year, there's a place called Julian Lopez, which oh, is yeah. The, you told
0: us about this.
1: Same sort of thing. It was like five stories of shops. Um, the top floor was like five hundred dollar per meter, like silks and stuff for their special festival. But um, just just the the experience of going through the floors it really reminded me a lot of that. And I can't think of anything near me or even in America that has that same
0: experience. Like ooh, ooh, I do know.
1: <laughs> Where okay
0: okay say more. Um, if you ever go to Brightex Fabrics in San Francisco, B R I T E X. They are just off of Union Square. I used to pass them all the time going to work, you know, pre-sewing, but, like, big fashion lover here, so I would always, like, stand outside the window and look they it. Yeah. (laughs) Like, brocades, tweeds, boucles, any type of, like, fancy fabric they had a lot of, and they have – I think it's either two or three floors, and they have, like, a clearance section, and and so it is kind of similar. I don't think you have to – cut every you know cut everything on the same floor you're on but maybe you do I don't know um but yeah I think there's like a there's more of those in like San Francisco and not so much in New York I think most of the fabric district stores I've been to in New York are one floor but they're also quite large (laughs) yeah yeah they can be sprawling yeah um
1: which for whatever reason different floors for me sounds like it'd be more easily navigable but I suppose it's all the same Mm -hmm. but (laughs) in So another thing you would mentioned a few times, prints, and you and I and I love those corduroy floral corduroys. If you asked me to describe your style, <gasps> Prince is not really in there. Not that it's no. not that you're anti prints, but um, something about what you were telling me, I was like, oh, so this store brought out the like the print lover. And Ada is did you get is like did you get any solid colors? Is like the the fancy
0: fabric were, the, were those solid greens and pinks? The linens were – the linens and linen blends were solid. Okay. <laughs> um, Very, very on brand. Also, I was thinking, like, you know, some of them are my brand color and I can maybe True. wear some things Uh, that I – make some things that I could wear technically for work or for, you know, a new headshot or something like that. And I'm very much, like – into that uh (laughs) so you'll see it on the grid at some point with me and my packaging uh next to it. It, it it will i think it'll be cute um but i will say you're right i'm not a big prince person normally day to day not even like basic checkers or uh you know, pretty repetitive prints. I'm very like solids and solid colors and I stick within a range and I have been trying to push myself a little bit with the branded green colors or as close as I can find. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: I don't know, it was something about that floral. I'm really particular, I think, when it comes to prints. Yeah. And so something about seeing that floral because there was enough spacing in it and the repeats were cool and the specific colorway was this like dark navy almost black that really just was something where I could say, "Oh, I own all these other creams and blues, blacks and grays that would actually like play off nicely off of the colors in the print." Mm-hmm. I will say I was looking for one specific type of print that is only available in Japan. The specific Liberty Hello Kitty prints (laughs) where Hello Kitty's like in there. No, I think I was actually a few weeks early for that release. And so I did not find it. You can definitely find it online. I thought it would be really special if I could find it there. As we've established, I'm not a traditional Liberty kind of person. Like my previous purchases from Liberty have been prints, but they've been either like bigger scale, like the Suncatcher dress from... Ella that I made and I wore to the Aris tour or some of the other like solid repeats that I've gotten, you know, in silk to make T shirts. I think I also picked up a Liberty print from Sister Mintaka before the last mm-hmm. time when I was in the UK. So yeah, I'm I'm a mixed print kind of person. We're we're working on it. <laughs> but yeah, I was I saw that pop up on my feed this week and it's like, oh, dang, I just missed it, but I'm sure there will be another opportunity to find it and you know even if I had purchased that I think I would really struggle personally with finding a, a make and a pattern that I would want to use it for. Look if I find it somewhere online did and it's like not
1: not, not like a friendly shipping rates do you want to go in on it? <laughs> talk to me when you find it (laughs) okay 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 Ooh, now I'll see I think I need to be a personal shopper because I love sort of the thrill of shopping which I realize is highly consumeristic and and bad for the environment but I could be like a thrifter too and like a resale anyway that's beside the point but that sounds really (laughs) awesome I know that you know my husband and I I think our next big trip is gonna big like multi-week trip is gonna be to um east and southeast asia i'd like we like he definitely wants to do japan i don't know if he's knows what it would take to plan to go to japan but um and i'd like to see other parts of asia as well being in um australia which uh is this might seem counterintuitive but like being on that side of the world kind of made me really want to explore more of that and granted australia is in the southern hemisphere and japan is in the northern but we were in the almost the same time zone yeah which was which was awesome once i realized that you were in japan (laughs) and i was in australia i was like wait are we in the same time zone like and it was very very close so it was fun to be able to like message you during the day and everything too um so, spoilers. That's where I went. I went yeah, to I was Australia. About to say, nice segue.
0: <laughs> you were in Australia for how long?
1: I was there for three weeks. Um, mm. I, I landed on a Friday and I left on a Friday. But the funny thing about going that far is that I left on a Wednesday and I got there on Friday. And it's still I, yes, I got the day back on the way back, but like yeah. I just didn't have a Thursday. <laughs> like it just wasn't there. Um, and we we decided we were gonna go, um it is our ten year wedding anniversary this year we just happened a couple of days ago, and we said, let's do we as in me. I said, let's do something big uh and we I have a lot of family in Australia um my mom's some of my mom's siblings immigrated there. she came to America, and so I've got lots of family there, and so we decided to spend Christmas and New year there, but Michael and I were just the two of us for the first week, like I'm glad we built that time in just to you know just the the two of us and we spent a few days in uh Melbourne City. My cousins live out in the suburbs, kind of like how I live out in the suburbs um and we've spent a few days in Sydney as well, just the two of us before coming back for all of the Christmas festivities. And um, I had the time to go to lots of places, so not an hour and a half at any one, but lots (laughs) of different places. But we're going to be speedy about this because um, we've been talking for a while, but I think uh, it'll, it's, uh, of course I went. Of course I went. So um, went shopping multiple days, different times. I, I did, so big box, spotlight. Okay. A lot of our yeah. listeners, I think, will be familiar with Spotlight. It's often, I've heard it often compared to at least their fabric selection, Joanne, um, here in
0: the United States. Have you been to Spotlight, Aiden? I have not. I actually don't think I have, I don't think I hit up any sewing shops in Australia while I was working because I wasn't actually like sewing yet. Yeah. So Spotlight
1: is, um, it's kind of like Joanne, but I feel like it has more houseware. So it's like bed, bathroom. Okay beyond with Ooh. a sewing section in i don't know in my at least the oh I, housewares one like in. finished housewares like curtains yeah. you can buy mm-hmm. and bedding and i think there were maybe like some appliances like i can't remember i was very jet lagged for like that first week. <laughs> there were a lot of naps um so that's the spotlight they're everywhere you can find them everywhere and the big thing that i got there so knowing that it's like like the the bargain you know store and not not like a small um boutique type of store i was like okay well i know i'm not i know what i'm gonna look for here but when i got we went there i think if it wasn't the first day it was like it was basically like keep nicole awake to fight jet lag we'll drag her to to spotlight and um the, by then their christmas cotton like quilting cottons were 70 percent off so i got a, a lot of like single yards of christmas themed fabric with marsupials oh my god yes unlike you i didn't i I didn't stop myself and say what am i going to do with this because
0: (laughs) i I don't know um yeah but i had way less luggage space this makes sense
1: I had a lot. Um, we so we did the whole. We did all four. We only did three on the way there, but we really only had to buy the fourth luggage or bring the fourth luggage, which we just asked our cousin who has an extra one. And it turns out they bought it in America the last time they were there
0: in the pack. <laughs> So it's made its way home. It's Nicole's family luggage. It's like yeah. the sisterhood of the traveling pants. Exactly. Nicole's family has a sisterhood, exactly. familyhood of
1: the traveling suitcase. This always this always happens, and so I'm grateful that we're able to actually, you know, I didn't have to buy a new luggage or anything like that. But um, it was mostly gifts for family. Like
0: mm-hmm. all the
1: family there wanted us to ferry gifts here, which was a lot. I'm happy to do that. Like it's it, yeah. it's a lot of fun. Um, so
0: none of that Christmas fabric is here;
1: it stayed in Australia.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying you bought enough that it did not fit? <laughs> Correct. Um, here's the
1: thing. My cousin is getting married in August and some are already coming from Australia. So someone in that caravan of people that is coming (laughs) will stick it in their luggage and it's Christmas themed. Like, you know, what am I going to do with uh, a wallaby with the Santa hat? Oh, oh, I can't. I, I still don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm like, I think I would love to make just like gift bags um or tea yeah. towels that would be so cute and um but yeah they were like 70 percent off maybe even 80 i can't remember but i was like well buying this um and then in the da- we stayed downtown in the city proper and i just happened to walk by a place called LinCraft, which is also like spotlight but i think cheaper in my opinion it seemed like less expensive um I bought some yardage just because I thought I was gonna do some hand sewing on a plane of like a poly satin. I can show you. I have visuals, Ada. Oh, nice. You, you know me. I have visuals. Um, just because I thought it'd be fun to like hand sew something with this. Ooh. But then I didn't because jet lag. Because <laughs> most of my time awake, if I wasn't exploring or eating, I was sleeping, um, which is fine. But yeah, I just I picked that up. Um, and so those are the big box stores. And then I'm going to start with what I skipped. Oh, Ooh, yeah. hot take. <laughs> um, one was by choice. One was just
0: a failure of scheduling. <laughs> um,
1: so I did not go to Tosuti. Um, okay. have you heard of Tassuti?
0: Yep. I think Tosuti might be the most well-known of the ones you've mentioned so far. Yeah. So Tosuti is like when
1: I was looking at I was down the down the block from my hotel when I was staying downtown I stayed with family um those those latter two weeks and um I looked at the website and it said you know like finest European imports and I was like nah no like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go to Australia and buy European imports I'm just gonna go ahead and skip it like I was, it's like if I have time I'll check it out jet lag so no um (laughs) okay fair and then what I ended up skipping, and I didn't mean to skip it, and it's okay that it happened. Um, the fabric store, <laughs> and, and I think, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's from what I understand, very popular in the sewing community. It's also known for its um, a lot of its New Zealand and Australian sourced wools. And I have almost ordered from there before, and the shipping's fine, it's reasonable. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be in Australia. <laughs> I'm going to go to the store and and my cousin and I planned a day to go fabric shopping and it was it was well past I think it was like January 3rd or something when most of the places like open up again you know it's past the new year holiday And there's a neighborhood in Melbourne called Fitzroy, which I would describe as like a hipsterish kind of neighborhood, um, which is is great. It's actually it's it is really nice, but there are multiple stores there, and we were planning on like hitting them up, you know, just on foot. Uh, We got to the we got to the fabric store, and they were still closed for the holiday. And I was like, (laughs) no line. I was like looking through the window, like, oh. Okay, well, it wasn't (laughs) meant to be. And that's the only store that they have in Melbourne, but they have different locations like throughout Australia and, of course, in New Zealand. So
0: I just wanted to touch what they had. But if it makes you feel better, I have ordered their Merino in the past, Mm -hmm. like 100% Merino. Mm -hmm. I've sewn it up into Nico tops, Nico dresses, tank tops. And I think either, yeah, the Wayland tank I've done. It's just, you know, base layers. I've used scraps of it to make glove liners, which is really fun. Oh. But I would actually say the fabric that you got me, which I'm sure you'll get to in a bit, was also a merino, and that one was nicer. Oh, good to know. Good to know. Like, that's my hot take. You actually found some nicer merino. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I already knew. I think I've chatted about the fabrics for merino quality and... particular Mm. like this fabrics recovery and the care instructions for it with quite a few folks in the sewing community on Instagram and while it is definitely an affordable option it's not necessarily everybody's favorite option okay
1: good to know it was fortuitous I suppose (laughs) Uh, that I missed out on that um so Uh, yeah sad but (laughs) apparently not too sad all right no worries um there was a place in downtown Melbourne called Morris and Sons, and it is actually traditionally a needleworks shop. So it's known for um, knitting and crocheting, like that kind of stuff. But when I looked online, and this was down, down the street from where I was staying downtown, they it said they also had like fabric. So I was like, all right, let's check it out. Uh, it was really cute. I went to the, the, it was just rolls of fabric, like the big ones that are leaned up against the wall. And I was looking at it and it said, oh, all fabric. I don't know, 60% off or whatever. Um, And I spoke to one of the people that work there and she said, oh, these are all actually even further discounted because the owner of this location thought that we were going to turn into like a dressmaking store, but it didn't really take off. So, (laughs) um, you know, I mean, their people are knitters and sewers. So Um, I got a couple of really nice cuts of fabric uh, and they're, in true Ada fashion, solid colors. Woo. Where are they? They are knits. And one is, I pulled up the tag. It is an Italian designer knit, and it's 90% viscose and 10% cashmere. Ooh, so, so it's soft. It's very soft. Super soft. And it has, um, it, but it's only, it has uh, like a four-way stretch. Oh. And it's really it's you can see you can see the light through it. Yeah. So it's like tissue weight, but it would make a really nice like long sleeve, you know, simple long sleeve or even um, like a mock neck, I think, mm. or a T-shirt. But I was like, oh, cashmere. Hello. Um, I couldn't tell you how much anything was, honestly, because uh, I <laughs> I was sort of operating on the whole like uh american discount which is with the exchange rate everything was like 40% off so <laughs> yeah. it was like 10 australian dollars it was like 6 american dollars um and then i got this mustard let me pull up what it i had to like take a picture of the tags of course um this is a silk viscose 30% silk 70% oh. viscose it's like a it's also thin you know but nice and light nice drape yeah beautiful. So, that came from Morrison Sons. Uh so hot tip if you're in Melbourne, <laughs> Morrison Sons has also has fabric. Um So that was one, and then in the Fitzroy area, there's a place called Drapers. Um it's it's a really small store and that's where I got the merino wool that I sent you. Um <laughs> and I got a few other things, but what I ended up doing was just buying remnants. Um oh. Cause they had like a remnant, you know, they had different remnant areas and yes, there were rolls, you know, of of stuff, Mm -hmm. of course, but it's kind of like, well, I'm not going to be buying big pieces anyway. So I picked up that Merino wool. It's a, you know, a gray marled Merino, which I hope to make into a base layer, probably just a mock neck. Right. Um, It's, it's really nice. And it's, it's got a, so it's, it's got a two way stretch though. So that's not that big a concern, right? Like. I think as long as you're
0: not making it into, like, base layer leggings or pants, right? Like that, you want some four-way stretch to, you know, not bust a (laughs) seam. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm not interested in busting a seam. Thank you very much. Um, So I got that at Drapers. And then I also got uh, this cotton seersucker.
0: Ooh, stripes. It's really cute. Yeah,
1: it's, like, railroad stripes. And um seersucker is not something i've worked with so i think it was one of the things where it was uh, affordable and it's about a meter and a half but super wide it's a dark gray and white stripe and i was just kind of draping it over myself and i kind of think i i don't think it could work with pants because my thighs my thighs would have conversations that would bust the inside pretty quickly (laughs) but i think like it would be a super cute Um, shirt or even are you familiar with the sewing mason atlas wrap dress oh yeah yeah i feel like that would be kind of cute to play with the stripes and stuff oh Um, that would be cool but yeah drapers i you know i i highly recommend i think it's it's like a really cute store and um the person that was there was just one person working the shop and she was so she was really sweet um and then there's a place called darn cheap fabrics and so i was like (laughs) all right let me check it out. I'm managing my expectations here. Hey, Maybe it's like the like 100 yen wall. Give them credit
0: for knowing what to name their shop so that you can find it on the interwebs.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. SEO for the win. Right. And yeah. um, I, I was there. I went there. Um, so, you know, it worked on me. But I was like, you know, a lot of it was poly chiffon, like polyester. But I did find this really nice linen cotton blend that is also Mm. mustard. Um, It has a really nice weight. And I do like linen, but I like when it's blended as well because then it doesn't wrinkle as much. Um, And this is, I think, I think this is um, suitable enough for a bottom weight. So I was thinking, maybe Coulant's pants set or something. Um, But yeah, those were like my in-store purchases because one of the things that I did (laughs) was... Order a lot of Nerida Hansen in advance and have it shipped to my cousin's house. Honestly, great plan. Uh, Yeah, I mean, why not? She didn't. She didn't know at first, and she's like, "Uh, "Is this yours?" I'm like, "Of course it is." (laughs) What are you talking? Of course, of course it is. (laughs) Um, Are have you sewn with Nerida Hansen? Are you familiar with the designer?
0: Yeah, I've seen it. Um, definitely interesting to me. Have not sewn with it. So the
1: uh, everything is patterned and colorful Mm -hmm. um and you know i really love the print so i did actually you know what was some solids you saw my solids i like let's uh let's let's do do change it up a little bit but i did place like four different orders because i was like oh this is cute and i'd (laughs) buy something and then like and this started in may of last year so this was like and i wasn't there until december so she's just hanging on to all of it but um I've heard really good things about the quality of the fabric, and that's why, because, like, I can't feel it, right? So this is their, like, a cotton sateen. Ooh. And it's so soft. None of it's been pre-washed yet, washed yet but, like, come on now. Like,
0: look it's at like that. Like a basket this. weave
1: print, kind of. It is. It's um. when my brother, my kid, my brother was a, a, a kid. He used to say when something made him dizzy that it made him busy. So. <laughs> Makes you busy. I still say it. Everyone in our family still says it. Um, Nerida Hansen also collaborates with Indigenous artists, um, and so they do have um, some some prints. And this is their um, this is their linen. So this is um, an Indigenous print. I don't know what the symbols mean, but I was wanted to support um, Indigenous artists in Australia. So I envision, you know, shirts. Um, yeah made out of that. And then this is just like so cute. Look
0: at that. It's got colors. Is that is it floral? Yeah, I think
1: it's like a leaf thing. I don't know. It's listening. Really if you're
0: bright. only listening and not on YouTube, there's like a rainbow and leaves and it kind of looks like a radish. Yeah. And if oh, I yeah. looked at it, it screams Nicole would buy this and not me.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. This is very me. What am I gonna make with it? I don't know. It's currently raining, uh, and and it had been snowing and freezing, and so this really just you know warms the heart. Um, But here's like another cotton sateen that is more subdued (laughs) than what it's a um like a like a dark green navy with yeah like um taupe orange floral. It's a really like beautiful pattern, but the the quality of the fabric is so nice. I am glad that I purchased it. You know, cause I can order it, but like, it, it's just, um, there's not a lot of places that you can order it. And then like, if you buy directly from her and ship to Australia or from the designer, it was cheaper yeah. or less expensive. So, you know, I went with that. So that's, that's what I got. I got a lot. And I'm in this, I'm in that mode now where I'm like, I don't want anything else. <laughs> like, I don't want to buy anything else. I don't need anything else. Um, because I had such a successful trip, and I'm really excited to start working um, with these new fabrics and to
0: see how I can work them into my style. So yeah, I mean, we always say sew the good fabric, right? And that's yes. a lot of good fabric that you can sew.
1: <laughs> it is. I'm not afraid to mess up. I'll still wear it as long as it. Fits. Uh, and for as I've long been, as I've I been work. cutting twelves. <laughs> oh, you have been. You're like yeah, yeah. I no, I'm, not, I'm like it's fine. Like, I mean, I I will oversize it and then tweak um, if I need to. But I haven't like besides the ironing board, I haven't really done anything yet because I've been kind of I've been jet lagged slash sick since I got back. Um, so hopefully I can get started soon, and then look forward to when the weather warms up um, in the northern hemisphere. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well that kind of wraps up our haul episode i think we both got a lot of fabric Mm -hmm. listeners i hope you're not too jealous but if you have ever gone traveling and brought back fabric definitely let us know we've had quite a few of our past guests mention that before so nandita on i think episode two talked about it we talked about bringing some makes to travel and always posts those on her grid which is great I think Ella also at Handmade Millennial told us about her own purchases while traveling. So definitely tell us about your travel purchases, whether it's fabric or notions, or maybe like why or why not, and where you got that fabric and what you're going to make with it. But we look forward to seeing you in our next episode. Happy traveling. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Asian sewist collective podcast. If you like our show, please consider supporting us on coffee by becoming a one-time or monthly supporter or by buying our sewing labels. Your financial support helps us with our overhead expenses. The link to our coffee page is ko-fi.com slash Asian Sewist Collective. And you can find the link in our show notes, on our website, and on our Instagram account. Check us out on Instagram at Asian Sewist Collective. That's one word, Asian Sewist Collective. You can also help us out by spreading the word and telling your friends. We would also appreciate it if you could rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. All of the links and
1: resources mentioned in today's episode will be in the show notes on our website. That's Asian Sewist Collective.com. And we'd love to hear from you. Email us with your questions, comments, or even voice messages if you want to be featured on future episodes at Asian Sewist Collective at gmail.com. Thank you so much to the other members of our collective who made this episode a reality. This is the Asian Sewist Collective podcast, and we'll see you next time.